it has to be. What y'all doing back there?
or had no understanding of either concept. But when we come to the knowledge, when Luke comes to the knowledge, talking to you, Luke, when you come to the knowledge, I believe you're going to make that step. Amen? He's paying attention, too. Amen. So we, we thank God. But, you know, in the scriptures it says this, you know, because it, it tells us to bring the children to the Lord. Amen. And Psalms 127 and 3 say, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Amen. So, you know, we think about babies, babies, but every baby is created by who? God. Amen. And there are his, his children. Amen. And he sends them into our care. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine hearts, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Hear, hear what he says. He said, keep it in your heart and teach it diligently unto your children. Amen. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou layest down, and when thou risest up. In other words, it begins at home. Yeah. Amen. The teaching, the example. Amen. We bring them to church. We don't bring them to church so they can get to know God. Amen. We teach them at home in the church. Amen. As a church family, as a community, we come to reinforce that and to grow together. Amen. So it truly begins at home. You know, and the scripture also lets us know that these babies have angels watching over them. Amen. You know, in, in Matthew 18 and 10, it says, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. When you're messing with God's babies, you're messing with God. Amen. And, watching on us, right? and, and to me, that, that scripture is comforting after raising seven, knowing that a lot of times we weren't there, but God and the angels was watching over them. Amen. Especially Daniel. Amen. Because he was always into something. Amen. But we thank the Lord. Amen. So we thank him. Amen. As we bring these children to dedicate them to God. Amen. Recognizing who they are. Amen. We also must have that same mind because what? We're all God's children. No matter how old we get, no matter how you know far we go in life, we're all his children. In Mark 10, 13 to 16, it says this. And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, shall not inherit, amen, enter therein, amen, so. We recognize, and he said he took him up in his arms and put his hands upon him and blessed him. Amen. And that's what we want to do. We want to pray a blessing over Luke this morning. Amen. Recognizing, amen, that he belongs to the Lord and his gift to his parents. And sometimes, you know, when these kids start getting bigger, you don't recognize how much a gift they are. Right now, they don't feel like a gift. Amen. But they are. So I'm going to ask the church to stand with us, amen, as we, you know, just pray. One thing I, I really... Thank God, amen, that some parents make this step. Like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a, a dedication, it's a promise to God, amen, to be, you know, that example, amen, to lead them in the right way. 
you know, oftentimes we have godparents and I don't know if you chose godparents, but Luke and I, amen. But even then, we don't choose gift parents. You know, sometimes we look at the, the godparents, so they're supposed to bring gifts for the birthday, for Christmas, for, you know, no, but it's, it's godparents. And when you choose godparents, and I believe they have, this is not here, but when you choose godparents, what are you choosing? You're, you're giving them godparents permission to speak into your life concerning your child on spiritual matters. Amen. It's very important. In other words, you're saying, I know there's coming some time I need some help. <laughs> you know, that I might, you know, need someone to come alongside and help me with the spiritual rearing of, of my children. Amen. So we thank the Lord. So, and, and I just want to charge the church as a church body, as a family, the believers, amen, that we too come alongside. Amen. To help parent the children that are in the church, to watch over them, to speak life, to speak into their hearts. Amen. To come alongside their parents and encourage them, you know, when we see that they need that encouragement. Amen. Because that's what God would have us to do. Amen. So, if Luke would come to me without getting upset. Okay. Look at the people. Everybody look at them. Hmm? <laughs> oh. Amen. So let's just reach our hands toward little Luke. Amen. And I want I want Brad and Sharita to come and stand right here. Amen. And I just want to pray over them first as we reach. Just pray for parents. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come to you right now, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this husband and wife, God, to choose them to bring their child to be an example to him, God, to dedicate his life unto you. But we pray, God, that you would Give them the strength, the courage, the wisdom, Lord, the fortitude as he grows into a young man, God, that you would continue to give them the guidance to lead, guide and direct him in every way, every path of life, God. Lord, as they give ear unto you, God, that they can speak life into him. Lord, we thank you right now for their commitment and their dedication to you. And Lord, lift up little Luke before you right now. He's your child, Lord. Your, your scripture says he is your heritage. Lord, and you've given him unto them, God. And we pray a blessing over him right now. Lord, as he lays in his crib, God, as he grows, Lord, every step of the stage of his life, God, we cover him. Lord, until the time comes that he can accept you as his Lord and Savior, God, we just pray a blessing over him right now in the name of Jesus, that your peace would be upon him. Lord, that your spirit would be with him even when his mom and dad are resting in sleep or are not available, God, knowing that his angels are watching over him, God. So we thank you, God, for him, and we bless him in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would keep him, watch over him, and let him grow to the fullness of your plan and your purpose over his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Amen. Thank the Lord for little Luke. Amen. Children going into the classes today. And now, ladies. Not time to go home yet. But we're about to dig into the word, amen, and pray God just again for another chance to be here. You know, I never take it for granted, you know, every day is a gift. 
every day is a blessing. You know, I mean, it's just an automatic that, that I thank the Lord, amen, because sometimes we just drift through life like it's a matter of fact. This is going to happen. I'm going to go here, and I'm going to be back, and I'm going to, you know, but they, you know, my wife will tell you every time I get home, every time I back into my driveway, before I get out the car, I thank God for allowing me to make it back home. Amen. Because truly, somebody left home yesterday and didn't make it back. Amen. And if that day comes for me, I just want the God to know that I appreciate every trip, everything that he's done. Amen. Because truly, it's all by his grace and his mercy. Amen. And we thank him. Amen. So I thank him for being here. Amen. And just a chance to be with you, amen, on this beautiful week. I hope everybody had a wonderful week. Amen. As Pastor Lynn said, there's been sickness going around, and, you know, this, this whatever this flu thing is, it's kind of hanging on people and not wanting to let them go. Amen. But God is still able. Isn't that right? And we thank him for his goodness, even in that. So I, I just give him the praise, amen. Life is full of challenge. Isn't that right? And, and we got to face those challenges every day, you know, and, and the enemy is always coming against us. But sometimes he comes in a way that it doesn't seem like on the surface that he's against us. Amen. Why? Because he's, on, he's, he's a deceiver. Amen. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. But before I get into it, I want to read this little story I, I came across to you. Amen. Because I thought it kind of cool that we hear what if sometimes you see things? But I read this and I said, there's several points. There's a lot of points in this story. But it goes like this. That there was a, a church member whom we'll call Sarah. We don't got no Sarahs in here, right? Okay, we'll call Sarah. Amen. The church gossip, self-appointed arbiter of the church's morals. Amen. She, she kept sticking her nose into everybody's business. You know, everybody knows of Sarah, right? Amen. And several church members were unappreciative of her activities, but feared her enough to maintain their silence. You ever know anybody like that? You want to say something, but you don't want to be the one thrown under the bus. Amen. Sarah made a mistake, however, when she accused George, a new member, of being an alcoholic after seeing his pickup parked in front of the town's only bar one afternoon. She commented to George and others that everyone seeing it there would know what he was doing. How would you like someone to confront you like that? Just, you know. But it goes on to say, George, a man of few words, stared at her for a moment and just walked away. He didn't explain, defend, or deny. He said nothing. Later that evening, George quietly parked his pickup in front of Sarah's house <laughs> and left it there all night. <laughs> see, what's, what's that story? Let's just do it, man. See, you don't always know what you think you know. Right? Because everybody's seeing his car or his pickup in front of her house all night. What's she going to say about that? You know, it's just kind of, but it helps us to see the dangers of gossip. Amen. Poking our nose in everybody else's business. Amen. And also, you know, one of the things that it addresses is the importance of our appearances. 
amen, it may be one thing, but how does it appear? That's what the scripture warns us, amen, to abstain from what? Don't let our good be evil spoken to us, amen. So again, amen, and also it challenges our spiritual conduct. You're going to just call somebody out. You don't know his business. You made an assumption, you, you, you drew a conclusion, and you made an accusation. You know, and how often do we do that without all the information? So we got to think about that. But, you know, this, this ain't really what I'm going to talk about this morning, but it kind of segues us in because, you know, we have a responsibility as the church, as, as the people of God, we have a responsibility. So we're going to start at the beginning. Let's go to the book of Genesis. Amen. And we're going to begin in the third chapter. And I'm just going to read the first few verses in that chapter. And I want you to pay close attention. I know you've heard this before, this, this passage of Scripture. But, again, pay close attention. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. That poses a question in itself. Amen. He's more cunning, is that word subtle? Amen. More device. Amen. Than any that the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath the Lord said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God said, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, he took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the midst of the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you? Thou wert naked. Hast thou eaten of the tree thereof, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? A lot of things took place in that few verses, amen, that we can go back and look at. You know, and, and we're dealing with, you know, in this main part I want to get us to see is the first two questions ever asked in the Bible. The first two questions in, in Scripture. 
and we've got to look at who's asking the questions and the motivations behind the questions. Because, see, you know, how many of you have ever had your child come to you and ask you the why question? You know, you know and you try, you think you give them an answer, and they come back with, why? And just keep going down that road, why, why, why? You know what I learned with mine when they started that, you know, the, the why this and why that, then you just, you, you, you flip it on and say, why not? Then they got to stop and think. You know, this is why you can go on and on. But when these two questions that are asked, they tell us a lot, you know, about the question. When you think about, you know, what's being revealed, amen, they reveal the character of the ones asking the question. Amen. And the motivations of the ones asking the question. Amen. And they also reveal two eternal destinies behind these questions. When we look at it, amen, because, you know, when Satan asked Eve, has the Lord really said, thou shalt not die? What was his motive? Mm -hmm. He was, his, his whole motivation was to deceive her, amen, to cause her to question the goodness of God, to cause her to feel like, the Lord is holding something back. You know, how come I can't eat of that tree? Now, I want you to think about this. Every other tree in the garden was available. Everything they needed to sustain themselves, but the Lord just said, don't eat of this one. Just don't mess with that one. Why are you holding back, God? And I can imagine there were a lot of trees in the garden, including the tree of life. But this is just a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I really feel like the Lord knew that they were not ready for that tree. They weren't ready, amen, to, to have that much understanding. You know, you ever deal with somebody, your children or, or somebody else, and you know, well, they're not ready for this right now, so I have to hold this back. I've got to build them up, you know, to this level, amen. You know, you just don't go from first grade to 12th grade. You're not ready. You know, so I believe the Lord, with, in his time... He would have allowed them to eat of that tree once they were prepared to receive that knowledge. But here comes old Satan. Amen. And he, he, he wants to, you know, he, he already knows, amen, that his position is not good. And now God is, is, is loving on these creatures that he created. And he's given them dominion. Because you know, the enemy was already in the earth. You know, and he's given them dominion over everything. Now, how can I get them to mess that up? How can I get them to mess up the, the relationship they have with God? Because I no longer have one. You know, he's jealous of their positioning, amen, in relation to God because he's lost his. He's been cast down out of heaven, amen, with him and the third of the angels. And now he's a miserable creature, amen. And he's looking for a way, amen, to... To mess up that relationship, number one, and to get authority over the, of the earth, amen, because, you know, he's the prince of the power there. He was the prince before Adam and Eve showed up. So he's looking for a way to mess all this up. But he didn't notice he doesn't not go to Adam because he, he, he may have figured, well, I'm, I'm, it'll be not so easy to deceive him because he got the word direct from God. 
We don't see where God spoke to Eve, but we see Eve knew what was said. Because I believe clearly that Adam communicated to her what the Lord had said. Because she was able to repeat it back to Satan verbatim. And that's where he got her. He questioned her. And we, and we don't know how long they had been in the garden. We don't know how many times they had this conversation or how many times he came to deceive. But he finally achieved his goal. And she did eat. He deceived her and she took it. But the scripture also lets us know that Adam took and he did eat with her. But the problem is, the, the problem was with Adam because Adam did not do it being deceived. Adam knew, amen, that he was doing wrong. Because the scripture lets us know, amen, and it, it says, you know, that the woman was in a transgression, but uh, Adam ate with her. See, so in other words, he already knew, oh, I got to make a choice. Do I eat or do I mess up my relationship with my wife? Do I step in the authority that I should be walking in and correct her, or do I join in with her? And obviously he made the wrong choice. You know, and, and here we are today dealing with this. But see, Adam is the one that had the authority to correct the problem. That's why the problem is not with Eve, it's with Adam. Amen. And so we got to recognize that they both, now they're both in sin. And, and most of us know the story. The Lord began to question them on this. But he asked them a question at the end of that passage in the 11th verse, where are thou? And that's what I'm going to talk to us this morning about is where are thou? Where are you? Because we see that what happened is after this, and they realized that they heard the voice of God, and, and, and God is coming to the garden. I'm sure after all the days that they had been there, we don't know how long, but he's used to meeting them in the cool of the evening and talking with them in the garden. But he comes this time, and they're not in the usual spot. And, and God never asked a question because he doesn't know the answer. You see, when you, and so when you got, Satan had a motive. To deceive. But God's question was not to deceive, but it was to reveal and to restore. Because I can't restore you if you won't acknowledge where you are. I can't help you if you think you're okay. So first thing I have to reveal to you is that you're not okay. So when we say, where art thou, when the Lord says to us as his children, where art thou, first we need to examine because he's not asking for information. He's asking for revelation, for us to recognize and see where we are in him. That, that's most of the problem, amen. Sometimes we think we're good and we're okay, amen, and the Lord is still saying, where you at? Where you at? And he's not talking about geographically, obviously. But he's talking, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at, you know, in, in your, your heart, in your mind? Where are you? Amen. And, and we want to be found, I don't know about all of y'all, and I know Pastor Nick said, I'm not going to say all about, I don't know about you, but 
I know what I'm off. Just like I believe most of us. And, and, and so when we feel that in, in the spirit of the Lord is, you know, you ever had the spirit of the Lord check you? Hmm? <laughs> you know, it, it all boils down to that saying, you know, you know, what you doing? It all boils down to that same question is where are you at? Where are you right now? Where, where, what's going on? Because God wants to be in relationship with us. He's a relational God. I mean, he created us so that he can be in relationship with us. He does, it's not his desire to be separated, that we would be separated from him. So we got to get to that mindset of, okay, asking ourselves constantly, am I okay? You know, sometimes we work so hard at being okay with people that we don't find that ourselves okay with God. Right? But guess what? The best place to be is right with him. Amen. And that means having knowing that in your heart of hearts, amen, that you are doing all that you know, amen, to be pleasing unto the Lord. Amen. And God's not looking for no robot. Let me just throw that out there. He wants us to be willing, amen, and obedient unto him. Amen. So when I ask this question, amen, as we're dealing with it, where art thou? I put a subheading on there and said, come out of hiding. Because the first thing Adam and Eve did, amen, once they realized that they were out of sorts, amen, they, their, their eyes had become open. Man, I, you know, they were, they were naked, but maybe it could have been they had a spiritual veil over their eyes, amen. They didn't see all the shame that comes with stuff and all the, you know, the hurt and all the fear. Because that's one of the first things Adam said. Is that he said, where are you? Well, I was afraid. Now, Adam had never been afraid of God before. He had met him. We don't, again, we don't know how many times, but obviously they walked in the garden, they talked in the garden and all this, but fear was never a problem. But fear now caused him to, to cover up, amen, because of the shame that was revealed. And, and, and now they, he's, they're hiding from God. When they hear God coming, they hide. How many of us do that when we hear God coming? <laughs> we hide. I hope not. Amen. But see, so that, let, that right there let God know that something is amiss with my children. Because they, they've ran and they hid. Amen. And if you continue to read the story, amen, they, they, they talk about the fig leaves. And God took the fig leaves off and, and gave them sheepskins to cover themselves. Because now we had to shed some blood, amen, in order to cover y'all up. A precursor of things to come because he shed his blood to cover up our sin. Amen. So we look at these things, amen, and see, okay, God knows what he's doing from the very beginning. But he wants us to be in right relationship with him. So we want to get to this place, amen, that God's character, amen, is manifesting itself in us because we're laying hold to his word, amen. But if we're in hiding, there's a lot of Christians that are, are still in hiding. Amen. We're going we're gonna to dig into it a little bit. But we look at the, the question that God asked. And again, in that ninth verse, where are thou? Think about that for a minute. Where are you with God? I'm not God. I got to ask myself the same question. Where am I? Am I in the place that he would have me to be? Is there anything in that, that I'm hiding 
from God? Is there any areas in my life that I'm afraid of what God might say or do? Because if there is, those are the places that we tend to hide. Well, so we begin to look, and he asked that question, where are they? Because he wants to restore them, amen. He wants to bring them back into relationship, and he knows this is going to take some work now because now their eyes have been opened, and it's just like, you know, you posting your pictures on the Internet. Once it's out there, there's no taking it back, <laughs> right? You know, so people can get it and manipulate it and do all these things they want to do with it, you know, and now they got all kind of filters. My grandson showed me a filter yesterday, man. You know, on the video, we're sitting there having dinner because it was Daniel's birthday, and he slyly decides he wants to video me across the table from him. Yeah. And then he shows me, man, the video, but the video has my face all like I'm sad, mad, you know, want to cry, and just looking horrible. And see, so like I said, once you put your picture out there, they can do whatever they want with it. Amen. So you better act, watch out what kind of stuff you're posting. You know, oh, I didn't mean, oh, that's like words out of your mouth. You can't take them back. So once they got the knowledge and their eyes were open, there was no going back. So now I got to work with these who have too much information and not enough preparation to deal with it. It's very much like our children and even some of us. We got so much information in our pocket and available to us on these, and we allow it to, to, to direct our lives. Amen. When did we become so important that we needed to know everything that happened around the world instantaneously? You know, but we, we immerse ourselves in, in everybody else's lives. Amen. And so much so sometimes we're not paying enough attention to our own. Or uh, 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 we've got ourselves immersed in their lives so much that now we want to be like them. Yeah. You know, but let's, tell, let's be honest, amen. Ain't nobody putting their own dirt on the internet. Not intentionally. Right? They're going to put their best photo. And they're going to pick which one. Amen. They're going to learn how to push the lips out, how to suck the good in, and, you know, do all that stuff to make themselves look just so right. Amen. You ain't going to get up with the curlers. I mean, you don't hardly use those no more, right? You know, but you ain't going to get up just rough out of bed and just click and post. Show them the real you. You ain't going to do no video of you and your husband really having an argument. Let me post this. So, no, you ain't going to do that. No, so we, so... So we, we, when we look on the Internet and we allow ourselves to be drawn in and, and envious of somebody else's life, you've only seen 60 seconds, if that. The rest could be a, a shipwreck, and they would never let you know it. So what am I saying here, man? When we look at what's going on here, Amen. We need to recognize that the enemy has a plan, and he can make it look so good. Just like he made that tree sound so good, it's going to make you wise. Amen. It's good for food. Amen. It's going to give you knowledge, and you'll be like God. That sounded so good. You'll be in charge of your own life, your own universe. You'll be like God. So 
He's not doing any more than what we see going on today. If you just click on this link and watch my video and buy my product, you will be. And they make it all sound so easy. They make it all sound so good. After they milk you of your money. Amen. And, and, and then they say, well, in order to be successful, you need to buy this part too. There's always an upsell. Right? And that's how the Satan is. He's always got an upsell. This is the one thing ain't enough. And he's trying to get us tripped up. Amen. But we, amen, we find ourselves in these places. And I'm, I'm saying, Lord, help us. Where are thou? When we give ourselves an earnest assessment, you know, an introspection of ourselves, amen. Where? If it was just you and God in the room, what would that conversation look like? Hmm. Amen. You know, I, I, I was as I was writing this, I thought about you know some of the childhood games we used to play. You know, and, you know, and we play with our little kids. Or, you know, when we were little young adolescents, we play peekaboo. You know, I used to do that with with, with little Ezra. You know. Or I'd stick my head from around the corner and he'd be looking to see me playing peekaboo. But in peekaboo, you're revealing yourself. They know where you are, but you act like you can't be seen. They matter. You can't see them, but they see you the whole time. Amen. It's just like God. We trying to hide from God. We playing peekaboo with God. <laughs> but he see right where you are. Amen. And to him, it's no game. But to us, you know, it's like, okay, I thought I got away with that. You didn't see me. Uh, yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there. You know, and the other one is, you know, hide and seek. How many of you ever played hide and seek? Don't say hide and go seek. Amen. But we hide and seek. And, and, you know, we, 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 we would run off and, you know, the one would be counting and give you time to, to find a hiding place. But the thing about hide and seek is that we prefer to play hide and seek at night <laughs> in the dark because the light revealed too much. It wasn't no fun. It's much fun to play hide and seek in the light. Amen? So, so we find dark places as, you know, hide and seek Christians. Amen. You got the peekaboo Christians and you got the hide and seek Christians. The peekaboo Christians is in church. The hide and seek Christians, I mean, you don't know where they're at. You know, but, but, they, but they go and hide, amen, at night in the booth, in the corner, in the back, in the dark, amen. And, and they're hiding, amen, because they don't want nobody to find them. You know, and, and you know, if you can stay long enough, what, what's the call? If they can't find you, Johnny just said it, ollie, ollie, ollie in, free. And that means you've hid so good they couldn't find you. So they just say you can come on in free. You can touch base and you're safe. Mm. I'm wondering if God's going to say ollie, ollie, ollie in free when the time comes to take his saints home. I, I don't think we're going to get in free if we've been staying in the dark and hiding and doing things that we ain't got no business doing. Amen. Do, do anybody follow what I'm saying? 
amen, because there's a cost that has to be paid, and we got to accept, amen, the sacrifice, amen, that's been made for us, amen, and live an honorable life towards that sacrifice, amen. Otherwise, we're still living in hiding. God don't want us hiding. Amen. When you get too close to the light, the hiding is over. Amen. So he, he wants us to get to that place. Let's look at Luke eleven, thirty-three. It says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light, the light of the body. Now, hear this part. Now, we, we're used to the candle and the light, but look what he goes on to explain here. He says, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, in other words, it's focused, it's good, it's in the right place. Amen. Say, when the eye is single, the whole body is full of light. But then when the eye is evil, you know, I think about the passage in, in Psalms that says, set no wicked thing before thine eyes. He said, when the eye is evil, therefore, Amen. When the eye is evil, the whole body, I mean, I jumped the wrong line. When the eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. So, what are we putting in front of our eye gate? Because how many times, you know, one of the things that Satan told, you know, let us know, amen, is the, the eye is, is looks good. That's the lust of the eye. Amen. And, and how many times, amen, we, we allow dark images to enter in our eyes. Amen. And what's the scripture say? When that darkness comes in, the whole body is full of darkness. Your eyes of the eye gate is, is a, to the soul. Amen. And we, we let things in. Amen. And we allow them to fill us. Amen. It, 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 it's to the point, amen, to where we're getting filled up with darkness, but we still try to be the children of light. And, and the two don't work together very well at all. And we, we're going to see, amen, but he said darkness. He said, take heed, therefore, that the light which is in, in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, no part. You know, he, I got a little darkness over here, but the rest is light. I'm good. No, he said no part dark. No darkness in you. Amen? He said no part dark. The whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle does give thee light. It can shine. See, what's he saying? He's talking about our body, light, and all this he first he thought I was talking about a candle, but now he's talking about your body, talking about you. In other words, he's helping us to see that you are the candle. You are the light. You are the representation that should be going into dark places and illuminating it and making hide and seek hard to accomplish. Because the light messes things up. Amen. It, it, it exposes you know, the darkness, and it expels the darkness. When you walk into a dark room and turn on the light, there's no conflict about who's going to stay. Right? 
I've never walked in a room and turned on the light and seen the darkness and the light struggle. <laughs> Can't even imagine that, right? It's just dawn, man. Dark is dark, light is light. Amen. And, and now the only thing that you might deal with is how much wattage that light has. You know, and I think about, you know, the, we got a dimmer switch in, in, in the dining room, amen. It just depends on if you, the higher you go, the brighter the light gets. And the less shadows and darkness is in the room. Amen. And see, maybe that's how some of us, you know, and I say us, I'm talking about Christian them all the way around. Amen. When some of us, amen, we, we have that adjustable light. You know, we, I want to go over here tonight, so I'm going to turn the light down a little bit. I don't want to you know, mess up everybody's good time. You know, so, you know, you should have a switch. You don't need no dimmer. You, you know, to adjust, we shouldn't be adjusting our light according to the environment that we plan to be in. We should be the light everywhere, amen, on full brightness, amen, 100%. We ought to let the power source, amen, do what it wants to do, amen. But sometimes, you know, if you, it's easy to hide. The lower the light, the more darkness that comes in, the more hiding is taking place. Where are you? Amen. It's a privilege, amen, to be the light. Huh? Let me say that again. It's a privilege to be the light. Because you and I once were in darkness. Stumbling around, bumping our heads. Amen, doing all kinds of stuff, but it's a privilege, amen, to be the light, amen, to help somebody else. It, it, it says it like this in, in the Matthew commentary, Matthew Henry says, it is a great privilege that the light of the gospel is put in on a candle so that all that come in may see it and may see by it where they are, whether they are, go whether they are going and what is the true and sure and only way to happiness. So, when they come into your light, something about you draws them. Something about you makes them want to change. We talk about being the change. If you be in the light, you're going to be the change. Because when they, when they come into your presence, as he's talking about here, amen, it, it's, he said, when they come into the light, because of the light, they can see where they are, and they can get an idea of where they're heading, amen, because of the light. In the darkness, you can't see where you are. Amen. In the darkness, you don't really know where you're heading. You know, I, I read a quote the other day, and it says, you know, Unless you change directions, you're going to end up where you're going. But the problem is a lot of people don't know where they're going. Amen. So in order to get to a specific destination, when you talk to most people, if they believe in spirituality, heaven and hell, nobody that I've ever talked to that really believes in it wants to go to hell. You know, you get those sarcastic ones. Well, I end up, I end up. That's just the lack of their understanding. Right? But anyone that has any understanding, they don't want to end up there. So they got to intentionally begin to what? Make some adjustments. Some course correction. 
amen, to move into the light so they can truly see where they're heading, amen. And, and as long as we understand that, amen, we can end up in a place where it's going to be good, amen, a, a place where we can, we can live and serve eternally, amen, in the presence of the Most High God, amen. But if we don't, amen, you know, you're just taking, you know, life by chance, that's, 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 that's crazy. Especially when you have the light to show you the way. Amen. Matthew 5 and 14 says, ye are the light of the world. You know, he, he's alluding to it, but he says, complain, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. <laughs> so we should be in a place where there's no hiding. Anything that's going on in my life, anything I'm dealing with or doing, there should be no hiding. It should be all, what, open, up front, amen, no, no secret places. Hello. Christians, we should have a bunch of secrets in our lives, right? Mm. <laughs> we should be ready to obey God. And do not. And when I say no secrets, I'm, I'm talking about you know we all got lives. Everybody don't need to be all up in your business. Everything you do, how you, where you go, how you spend your money, what you do with your. No, I'm talking about a man. If someone brings a question, I have no problem answering the question. Amen. I, you know, I have no problem. Hey, it's an open book. You know, when people say this or that about my life, hey, it is what it is. Let's talk about it. You know why? Because to God be the glory in the good and through the bad. God is the one that made a miracle out of my life. How about you? See, but if, if there was no sickness or disease or so messed up mind, there's no need for a miracle. Right? So, I mean, in other words, let, let's, let's do what we got to do. In order to get to this place of operating in the light, amen, we got to, you know, we don't have all the answers. We don't know the course all by ourselves. So we, we have to yield ourselves constantly and continually unto the will of the Lord. What does his word teach us? What does his word say, amen? What is his spirit doing? Where is his spirit moving? Where is his spirit leading? Amen. Because if we lead ourselves or we allow someone who don't know God to, to lead us, what the scripture said, the blind lead the blind, and they all end up in heaven. No. <laughs> That's not what it said. Amen. It said the blind lead the blind, and they all what? Fall in a ditch. Amen. So we want to open our eyes. We want to operate in the light. You know, the best way to operate in the light is just choose to be the light. The scripture tells us that's who we're supposed to be. Philippians 2, 12 to 15 says this. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. That's good. Don't just do it when you're around the saints. Don't just do it. That's what, you know, Paul's telling them here. He said, but but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Do I need to read that part again? Sometimes we try to work out other people's salvation. Mm, if they just do this, if they just do that, you know, and, and we, 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 we see everything they do wrong, and, and we want to point it out kind of like Sarah. Y'all remember Sarah? Had the truck parked outside of her house all night long. You know, but, you know, see, we want to point out, every, we want to be everybody else's moral compass. Let me give you a hint. God did not give us that assignment. Amen. Our assignment 
is to be the light. Amen. And let his spirit do the work. So we understand that. So if we look at this, amen, he said, For God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His good pleasure. See, one of the things that we run into, the struggle is, we want to do, but we want to do our good pleasure. But God said, no, you need to surrender to me so I can do what I want to do in you and through you. Amen. In other words, I think how the scriptures say in my life, the, the life that I now live is it's not I. Amen. But it's Christ who liveth in me. Amen. We got to get to that yieldedness, that surrenderedness. Amen. Willing to obey God at all costs. Amen. And I mean just what I said, at all costs. Amen. I think about Abraham when the Lord asked him for the child. He had waited 25 years for it. And the Lord said, sacrifice. You know, just take Isaac up there and lay him on the altar and sacrifice him unto me. Isaac wasn't a child. He was Abraham's child, but he wasn't a child. Because the scripture lets us know clearly that Isaac carried the wood for the altar. Amen. And so he had to have some size and some stature amen, in order to carry the wood because his dad was eight. But Isaac, amen, he was a young, young man. And he carried the wood. And then, you know, sometimes I, I think about that, that whole situation, and I just imagine in my mind the conversation. Once they got up to the mountain, and, and they, they begin to set up the altar, and Isaac looks around, okay, Dad, where's the sacrifice? <laughs> what are we going to sacrifice? Because he hadn't told him yet. You know, and, and what do you tell him? Peter just said, he said, God will provide the sacrifice. So when the time comes for the sacrifice, Isaac, I mean, he looks at his son and said, you the sacrifice. Get up on the altar. Now, I know that would be a problem if I was up there with maybe my son Daniel or Drew. And I tell him, okay, I need you to get up on the sacrifice. I got the knife laying there, you know, and the wood, and we got ready to start the fire and do all. But, and, and I said, now, I need you to get on the altar. Let my what? <laughs> now, I knew you was off there, but you done lost it for sure. And, you know, I, I can just imagine that conversation would not go over well. But something about Isaac, He believed in his father's God enough to trust his dad at his word and climbed up on that altar. Because, again, he was a young, wrong young man. I don't believe, you know, that his dad wrestled him down and tied him up and threw him on the altar against his will. But there was something going on there. There was some light shining in that whole situation back then. Amen. And I can imagine, I, I don't think he had a blindfold on. And when his dad raised up that knife, he said, okay, it's getting real now. But that's when the Lord stepped in and said, now I know. And see, that's what God is looking for from us. When I say that, we need to be willing at all costs be obedient to his word you know it, it reminds me of one of my favorite passages in Psalms 15 and 4 it says he that sweareth his own hurt and changes not 
said I would live for you. I said I would obey you. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it costs. Sometimes I don't understand. But yet, I'm going to do what you said. Because I want the light. I don't want to be in hiding. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to be in that place, amen, where you can't have your way in me and, and through me. Amen. But it goes on in this 13, I mean 14th verse. It says, do all things. Now this is one that, <laughs> goodness. He said, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Now he didn't say anything in there about the things that you know you like to do, that you prefer to do, or you agree with. He said, "Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as light in the world." And we're in, <laughs> somebody, I don't think I'll get too many people to disagree with me. We're in a, a nation that's crooked and perverse. And we have got to be willing to be the light that, as it says here, shineth in the world. Or we'll be consumed by this world in which we live. Right? You know, they, they fall on every hand. Fall on every side. Because the adversary is still doing what he does best. He's still a deceiver. He's still an accuser of the brethren. He's still the father of lies. And he's still trying to mess up our relationship with God. He's still trying to get us off track and deceive us Amen. But, but, you know, look at Psalms 4, 18. It says, but the path of the just is as a sh the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. What do you say? It shines more and more. Not less because it's getting difficult. Not less because Christianity is no longer popular. Not, but he said more and more unto the perfect day. We, we, we have to be more out loud. We have to be more steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We have to be more focused, amen, on walking the walk that God has called us to walk, speaking the truth, amen, in love, amen, and doing all those things that he's called for us to do more and more. Because guess what? The world's going to come forth with their ways more and more. Amen. They're going to continue to up that game. You know, and, and, and while everybody else is coming out the closet, we shouldn't be going in. We shouldn't be going into hiding. Amen. But stepping up, amen, and knowing that the Bible told us if you live godly, we don't like that scripture. You still suffer persecution. Because when the persecution comes, we say, well, I did everything right, God. Keep doing it. I've been obeying your word. I've been, I've been serving. I've been, I've been paying my tithes. I, I've been loving on the sick. I've been witnessing to the poor. I've been feeding the hungry. And it's still getting hard. And keep doing it. This is 
a part of the course that he's called us to. It's not supposed to get easy. He let us know in his word, amen, that, you know, perilous times are coming. And, and, and we of all people shouldn't be the ones amazed when we see it happening all around us. But we need to become more determined to live the things that we do for the glory of God. More and more. Amen. But this is how some Christians choose to deal with it. Otis, can you put that image up on the, on the screen or something? We act like ostriches. We stick our head in the sand and like we don't see anything going on around us. But the only problem with that, you got your head in the sand with your butts up in the air. Huh? They can see all of you. Not in a very good position. Amen. We look rather ridiculous. Amen. When trouble is all around us and we, uh, I don't know what's going on. Get your head out the sand. When we see the things that's happening in the world around us, they should be driving us to pray. Amen. When you see the things happening in the world around us, amen, we should be more determined to be about our Father's business. Amen. To share the truth, amen, to people because the times are getting bad. They're getting rough. They're getting close. Time is getting short. Amen. And the Bible tells us, amen, we have a responsibility to snatch some from the fire because the fire is coming. So see, see we, we can't stop the trouble, but we can save a life. We can't change the course of this world because the scripture already told us it was going to happen, but we can change the course of somebody's destiny by being the light. Just like walking down the beach for one starfish in, you change their life. Maybe you can't get to them all, but you can help a few. And that's why he wants us to be a light. That's why it's so important, amen, that we recognize, amen, being in hiding is not where God wants us. He, he didn't want us playing peekaboo, amen, uh, you know, and, and thinking it's a game. It's not a game. <laughs> it's real. And, and God is calling on us, amen, to make a difference in the lives of those around us. It's so important that we get this and understand, amen, that every day matters. Every encounter is important. Every opportunity needs to be seized to tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord, to help somebody, to show them the love of Christ. You know, maybe they're not in the place to receive it yet, but yet we're there to, to bless them. You know, you, you think about how Jesus operated in the earth. And the scripture tells us, amen, how people followed him because they saw the miracle. They didn't know what the whole deal was, but there's just something going on over there. And, and, and I, I just want to be able, one of those people that people may not know the deal, but there's something going on in his life. I, I want to see what it is. I, I want to get close. See, we, we can be the change, but in order to be the change, you know, changed people change people. And when we're changed, amen, there's, there's certain things that need to be seen. In order for somebody to change, they must. It, it depends on what's going on in their own lives that they desire to get rid of. They desire to change. And they need to be able to see something that's identifiable 
in you or me that is desirable to them. You see, people see things that, you know, are identifiable all the time, good and bad. I think about the young boy growing up, amen, and all he sees is gangs and he ain't got nothing, so he, he desires to be like them because they got the money and the cars and, you know, the tennis shoes and they got, so, so he desires to have those things, so he goes down the wrong road because that's all he sees. But it's desirable, and his, his desire is enough, amen, to make the sacrifices and to be disobedient to his parents and to go and do the bad things in order to get the good things that he thinks he wants. Right? But how about the other way? How about us living a life that's so, that, that is recognizable for the glory of God? So that people begin to be drawn to that because we're lifting him up by our living. And he said if he be lifted up, what? All men will be drawn unto him. See, it's not you that's doing the drawing. It's you that's being the light. And we're allowing his light to shine through us and drawing them to us, amen, so that now we can point them to him. But they got to be able to see something first. But if we're peekaboo and hide-to-seek Christians on our job, in our neighborhood, amen, wherever we go, amen, they might get a glimpse. But then... They see the other side. That's not truly, you know, what it should be. We got to check ourselves. Amen? We got to really do what God is calling us to do. I want to read this last passage. I'm going to just wrap it up. But we know God is so good. And he loves us so much. And he's made so many ways for you and I. Amen? So that we can the light that he wants to be in Matthew 5 and 16 it says this let your light shine so shine what is it that so is important because it's in don't let it hinder but let it shine in such a way you know just like that it, when, when it says for God so loved the world he loved us in such a way that he gave his only begotten son. So he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. And the other one that goes with that is, is Mark 4, 22. For there is nothing hid which shall not be, be manifest. Neither was anything kept secret, but it but that it should come abroad. In other words, hiding ain't going to work. He said, let your light shine, so shine, that they'll see you and God will get the glory because they see something different and they're drawn to that. But he said, in, in Mark, he's talking about, but if it's hidden, it's going to be made manifest. Yeah. But the result ain't going to be good. So we got to let it shine. We got we, we to gotta yield. Amen. Even in our difficulty. Don't, do you not know that in your difficult time, your light will shine the most when you trust God? 
Because everybody can jump and run and sing hallelujah when everything is perfect. People do that naturally anyway. They get a check in the mail, saved or unsaved. They, they thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But when they sin, uh, you get evicted. And that you only got three days to be out. And, and you still give God the praise. They wonder, what kind of relationship is that? You know, if God closed this door, I know he's got a way. He's going to make a way. I'm not even worried about it. Because he told me in his word, he said, you know, I've, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsake or a seed beg bread. Do we make that kind of stand when it's difficult? Now, people begin, well, I, I need some of that. You know, instead of pulling our hair out and, and running all over the place trying to figure out, let your trust let your light so shine that they may see your good work and glorify our Father in heaven. Let's stand. He's coming, and we should have a mind that we're going to take as many with us as we can. Isn't that right? It's not just you know, being ready to get on up out of here by ourselves. I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm good. Let them get there like I got mine. That's not what the, that's not what the word teaches. Somebody's light shined into your life. Somebody's light shined into my life. Amen. Somebody that decided to to give it a hundred percent. You know, even just just thinking about that. If we was to to measure on the scale of one to a hundred. And our commitment, our drive, our press toward God, where would our percentage meter be? You, only you can answer that for yourself. And God can answer it for you too. He's seeking, you know, that's why I said, you know, show me if there's any wicked thing in you. That's what the psalmist said. Amen. So we're going to pray that the light that he's deposited in us would shine. Amen, that we would, if there's any areas, in me, you, those online, any areas that, that are, 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 are dimmed down or in hiding, that he will reveal it to you. Because there's souls all around us that need to be saved. There's people all around us that are hurting, amen, because they don't have the answer to what's going on in the world. They're distressed because they've been turned to this side or that side by this political affiliation or that one or this website or that one, and, and they don't have the answer. But the answer we have trumps it all. Supersedes and overrides all the other stuff because before any of that stuff rose, the scripture was made available to you and I. Amen. To give us direction. So that above all things we would have a hope of the, you know, uh, uh, of the hope that lies within us. Amen. That this is temporary. I'm working on eternal. How about you? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace that operates in our lives even now. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to just continue to shine your light on us. 
Lord, and to reveal any areas, any places, God, that, that we need to sure up in our walk before you, God. Any things that we need to, to lay aside, any things that we need to let go of completely. God, that our light could so shine. Because you so love the world, you made a way for us, God. And help our light to so shine, God, that others might be drawn unto you. Lord, when they see our life shift, our, our, our situations change, God. When they see our, our commitment to your word beyond these walls in day-to-day -day living. When they see us, God, speaking of your goodness, Lord. When they see us having hope and peace and joy in the midst of a quicker and perverse generation, God. We can still call upon your name, Lord, knowing that, Lord, our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. We ask you in the name of Jesus to strengthen us. Lord, to strengthen us and, Lord, to reveal to us anything. And help us, Lord, to release those things that we already see, we already know, we're already struggling with. Lord, let us be like the light and darkness, that those things would be cast aside and flee out of our presence as the light takes over. We ask you right now. Come to you humble hearts, Lord, knowing that we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. Our head knowledge is not enough. Being able to quote scripture, Lord, is not enough. We need the leading of your spirit. We need a, a, a spiritual connection, God, that's going to help us to overcome the propensities of this flesh. Lord, the struggles and the desires of our, our mind, our heart, Lord, a heart that, that can't be trusted. Because your word already told us it's, it's, it's evil and wicked above all things. Lord, and you know the heart of man. So change our heart. You purge our hearts. You with your word. Purge, purge our hearts by your spirit, God. We thank you, Lord, for every opportunity you give us to draw closer. Every opportunity you give us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us, as your word says. Every opportunity you give us to draw closer to your altar, Lord, let us not take it for granted. Help us to say thank you. To acknowledge you. Lord, and to be willing to make the sacrifices that we need to make. That we put our trust and our confidence in you. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your long-suffering with us. Huh. Every day giving us another opportunity, another chance, another chance, another chance. Let us not take it. Not one. We give you the glory right now for every breath that we breathe. You made us miracles. You drew us into yourself. And we want to give you the glory of belong. We thank you and we praise you right now in Jesus' name. Now if you're here and you haven't given your life to the Lord and 